Welcome to this week's Clean Earth Energy Podcast. My name is Mark Weich. So before I begin, I want to thank everyone for their support, checking out the podcast and watching the associated YouTube videos. I'm really surprised by the response. It's something that I completely did not imagine. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in uh, and all of the support. And also, if you have any feedback, any comments, any requests, uh, please send them my way. Again, uh, Clean Earth Energy is on all of the major social media platforms, so feel free to connect with us on your favorite platform. Okay, so this week I want to talk about ADS and ADAS, okay? And before I get into what that is, very simple, Tesla, Waymo, and Uber and the autonomous functions of these vehicles. So there's all types of news out there about autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles, and so on. And uh, there's some misinformation as well, uh, and maybe some negative publicity. And this podcast is to clarify many of those things. Now, disclaimer, it is not to defend any of the companies that are named in this podcast. It is simply to provide some information about the different functions and why certain incidents may happen and what sort of role the technology plays and in some instances, what role the human plays. Okay, so going back to what I mentioned just a moment ago, ADS, so that is an advanced driver system, okay? And then there is ADAS, ADAS, and that is an advanced driver assistance system. So they are different, okay? Now, ADS actually means autonomy, meaning something like a Waymo, something like a GM cruise service, and something like a motional service that I mentioned in one of my previous podcasts, uh, the collaboration between Hyundai and Aptiv, uh, and also Uber Eats as well. So there is a difference between them. So what you have uh, is some overlap, but then some clear separation between them. Okay, so what are the differences specifically? Well, there are five levels of autonomy uh, when it comes to uh, self-driving vehicles and autonomous vehicles. And this is where there is overlap between something that you might find in a Honda product, the Honda uh, motor vehicle product with Honda sensing all the way to a Waymo or GM cruise product where they are operating as robo taxis and can drive themselves. So if we take the Honda example, ADAS is level one and level two autonomy. And what does that mean? Well, Level one autonomy, many vehicles feature this, and it's everything from sort of lane keeping functionality for the vehicle. So uh, if the driver is, is not centering the vehicle, the vehicle will uh, either alert the driver or steer the car back into lane if the driver uh, is either not paying attention or if the driver is not uh, uh, intending to switch lanes for whatever reason. Uh, and in some cases, that can also mean sort of uh, braking assist as well. Uh, the car can sense an impending collision and apply the brakes for the driver. So that is level one, and that is ADAS. Level two is a bit different. Level two is the vehicle can drive itself under certain conditions. So for example, uh, 
at highway cruising speeds, it can drive itself. Uh, it can navigate itself, let's say, into exit ramps or uh, onto streets uh, if it detects that traffic is clear. However, with level two, the driver must be engaged with the vehicle at all times. And in a situation where the level two autonomy is not behaving as expected or where the driver is required to engage, the, the driver must take over the vehicle. And so I want to bookmark that point on level two autonomy. That is, that is very important in this whole sort of conversation about ADAS and ADS. So then we get to level three. So level three is the vehicle. This is where we begin the point of ADS, uh, the autonomous driving system. So this is where the drive, the, the vehicle can drive itself in most cases. So it can navigate through traffic. It can stop and start. Uh, it can uh, drive to a predetermined destination. And in this system, the driver must be prepared to engage and take over the vehicle in a given situation. So that's a, a, a very sort of fine difference between level two autonomy and level three autonomy. So level two autonomy, the driver must engage. Level three autonomy, the driver must be prepared to engage. Uh, so how do we define that? Well, that's a, a big part of uh, some of the issues that we're having with autonomous driving pre presently. And I'll get to that a bit more shortly. So then we continue to level four. So level four is autonomous driving. Uh, and that's also, uh, the, the, there is little to, if any, minimal driver intervention in the driving function of the vehicle. And so the vehicle is able to uh, navigate uh, on highways, on streets. It is able to drive itself to a predetermined location with minimal intervention from the driver. So this is why the Waymo and Cruise examples work the way they do is because those vehicles can drive themselves and they can carry passengers around and they are able to do this without the aid of a uh, human being in the car. Now, to date, Waymo and Cruise have been testing their cars with a human aid present in the vehicle. Uh, so basically to take over the vehicle as they test and capture data about the performance of the vehicles in the real world. But as I mentioned in one of my previous podcasts, the GM Cruise service has recently been approved by the state of California to operate robo-taxis in the city of San Francisco between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., and the reason why uh, it's that window is there's less traffic on the road, and that means less potential for an accident involving the GM Cruise robotaxi uh, and, and potentially an injury or fatality while the robotaxi is operating. So that is an example of level four. Now we're on to level five. Level five is complete autonomy. That means there is no intervention needed from a human aid the vehicle is, in, is able to drive itself entirely without human assistance, so much so that the vehicle may not even require a steering wheel or pedals to control the vehicle, meaning, meaning an accelerator pedal or a braking pedal. So that is true autonomy. 
So those are the, the five uh, uh, levels of autonomous driving. I'm going to put that on the Clean Earth Energy website uh, uh, so you can see examples of where the distinction is between ADS and ADAS, uh, or actually vice versa, ADAS level one and level two, and ADS level three on to level five. Okay, so that brings me to sort of what's happening now. So recently, the U.S. National Highway and Transportation Safety Administration has released some reports on vehicle crashes involving ADAS, Level 1 and Level 2 autonomy, and ADS, Level 3 through 5 autonomy. And there is sort of a sort of very kind of prominent figure uh, in the crash data, and that would be Tesla. And so Tesla uh, um, has has been reported to have 270 crashes involving its vehicles in less than one year's time. The reporting period is from July 2021 until May of this year, 2022. So it's easy to say, well, there's something wrong with Tesla vehicles because they crash so much. Well, that is not exactly the case. The reporting, uh, what, what it sort of um, has, has really kind of tried to explain is that the crashes have involved Teslas that are equipped with autopilot. And that is uh, Tesla's advanced driver assistance system ADAS system for its vehicles, and that is level two autonomy. Uh, and, and in order to understand that, uh, Tesla has software as well as vehicles, I mean, excuse me, cameras strategically placed around the vehicle uh, to help the vehicle understand its surroundings and navigate using that data from the cameras. Okay, so back to my point. So 273 crashes involving Teslas with autopilot and then their second piece of functionality, full self-driving. So those are two different features in the Tesla vehicles. So full self-driving is a software-driven artificial intelligence function that allows the Tesla vehicles to drive themselves to a predetermined destination. However, that does not make Tesla's autonomous vehicles. They are level two vehicles. Full self-driving is an advanced driver assistance system, as is autopilot. And so uh, there is, uh, I think, a bit of sort of, what's the word, uh, a misinterpretation of what autopilot is and what full self-driving is. And part of that is on Tesla, okay? Uh, and so I'm going to sort of explain what's happening here. So. Uh, there have been uh, several reports about Teslas crashing into stationary vehicles, mainly emergency responder vehicles. So that would be police, fire, and ambulance. Uh, I believe there have been somewhere in the range of about 37 crashes uh, of Tesla vehicles into uh, first responder type vehicles. And in some cases, there have been fatalities. I believe about 16 fatalities involving Tesla and its ADAS functionality. Okay. So what is, what, what is the role that Tesla plays in this? Well, uh, 
Tesla has effectively marketed the vehicles as sort of an autonomous function and can't go so far as to say that it was intentional or deceptive. Okay. It's a lot like, um, Samsung with its smartphones. They market, uh, their smartphones as being secure, but they run on Android. Well, the, the question is, is what is the definition of secure? Uh, we can, we can have some pretty broad definitions of that, but the way, uh, in the Samsung example, the way they market is, is that, uh, Samsung devices, Galaxy and Note are secure smartphones. Uh, but if you look at sort of security, uh, uh, research and incidents, again, in what context, uh, is it secure in terms of the someone being able to get into another person's phone uh, without authorization, and that could be somewhere like the passcode, uh, or is it hacking into the phone? So what is the definition of secure? Well, that applies in sort of the Tesla situation. What is autonomous driving? What is self-driving? And one of the big contributors to this is a video that Tesla released about three years ago showing them demo the autopilot feature or the full self and the full self-driving feature of their vehicle. It's about a two minute video. And if you watch the video, it is easy to determine that the vehicles do drive themselves with almost no intervention from the driver occupying the vehicle. And so Tesla has since uh, put some uh, stipulations, uh, some disclaimers around what full self-driving can do, what autopilot can do. And that's because they have come under quite a bit of scrutiny from the federal government. Uh, and that's everything from uh, the Congress to National Highway Tra Transportation and Safety, NHTSA, as well as the Department of Justice. But we know that this uh, auto autopilot functionality and full self-driving functionality are early adopter type technology. So once the owners get the vehicles into their hands, do they really, one, understand the full scope of full self-driving FSD and autopilot? Are they putting too much trust in the vehicles, the drivers, the owners of the Tesla vehicles? Are they putting too much trust in the vehicles? So these are situations where perhaps the uh, context in which Tesla has marketed their vehicles has one, not been entirely sort of linear in terms of communicating the limitations of the system and the responsibility of the driver. And then secondarily, the driver sort of recognizes this as a very cool or novel feature and perhaps disregards the need to engage actively with the vehicle while it is driving. So this is the issue. Now, why am I bringing up the role of the driver in this? Well, the, the fact of the matter is, at least in the investigations involving the Tesla crashes, the Tesla autopilot system has disengaged itself roughly 1%, sorry, one second before impact. And that is very significant because that means if there was a situation, let's say involving heavy traffic or the presence of emergency responders and the driver occupant of the vehicle is not actively engaged, they are letting autopilot 
sort of uh, direct the vehicle and then autopilot senses uh, an impending obstacle in which it is too late to override the system, well, then that is a failed scenario because the driver has not engaged with the system in a sufficient amount of time. The other issue is, well, what is Tesla doing on its end to prevent that from happening? Well, Tesla has already said, we are not responsible for drivers not being actively engaged with the system. We explicitly say that the driver must be engaged with the system autopilot system at all times. Now, the guidance from NHTSA in terms of the crash data is that Tesla can use this data to evaluate the safety of their advanced driver assistance systems and make any sort of necessary remedies or improvements to their system. Now, if NHTSA finds a significant flaw with the system, they can mandate that Tesla rework their systems to improve the safety, to improve the responsiveness of the system, to prevent uh, either crashes uh, and, and the system or the, the, the vehicle behaving unexpectedly uh, in, in traffic scenarios when the driver must be engaged. So I've said a lot there. Uh, so moving on to uh, where this is going right now. Well, why is Tesla sort of ranked uh, uh, so highly above or so uniquely above other auto manufacturers? Well, other automakers don't have this kind of technology, number one. Uh, and then number two, if they do have it, the systems are not necessarily created equal. So for example, Honda has what's called Honda Sensing, and that is a level two ADAS system as well. The vehicle can sort of navigate itself in certain scenarios, but really what the system is designed to do is lane keeping as well as uh, uh, also uh, the vehicle's uh, sort of uh, interaction with the road. So let's say cruise control and keeping safe distances from other vehicles while cruising. So that is level two. And Honda has reported 90 crashes of its vehicles involving uh, its level two autonomy. Okay. But there are many, mother, many other auto manufacturers who don't have these kind of metrics. And yes, that is true. Well, for some auto manufacturers, the way their systems work, namely Tesla, uh, Tesla is a, a highly software-driven uh, uh, advanced driver assistance system. So in the event of a crash, it is often very easy uh, to get that crash data from the vehicle for the vehicle to report what happened, what what was the circumstances were, what were the circumstances at the time, which systems were engaged, what did the vehicle perceive at the time of the crash? Similarly, uh, based on the numbers that have been reported, it seems that Honda Sensing can do that as well. Uh, so providing uh, real-time, if not immediate data in terms of what was happening with the vehicle. Well, not all vehicles do that. Uh, some vehicles uh, need to deep dig deep into the software uh, to understand sort of what the telemetry was of the vehicle at that time. Uh, maybe some of that data uh, is is not kept um, uh, or, or stored uh, with any real level of detail for other auto manufacturers to provide sufficient reporting data. So that's why Tesla typically 
ranks so much higher than other auto manufacturers uh, when it comes to crash reporting data. And certainly I'm, I'm sure that is uh, by design from Tesla so that they can understand the performance of their data in the, in the real world. Uh, Tesla vehicles do collect uh, mountains of data while the vehicles are in operation. One, for understanding, again, the vehicle and its environment, but two, helping uh, uh, Tesla to improve its uh, uh, autonomy functions based on what all of its vehicles are doing in the real world. And so millions of miles of data is captured daily by Tesla. Okay, so that explains ADS and ADAS. Uh, well, I'm sorry, that explains ADAS. So hopefully that's been useful uh, uh, in terms of understanding uh, sort of where Tesla sort of falls in, in this whole kind of landscape of, of autonomous driving and, and the sort of issues that have been reported with their vehicles. Fair or unfair? Uh, uh, Obviously, Tesla is in the spotlight, and, and um, there are uh, some questions around the uh, functionality of, of their uh, autonomous driving functions. But again, it is not autonomous driving. It is Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, ADAS. Now, I have test-driven a Tesla uh, with autopilot, and I was completely put off by the experience. Uh, that was about three years ago. Um the uh, road markings were not clear on the road. Uh, I felt that the vehicle behaved too aggressively uh, and was really counter to how I would handle uh, a vehicle in, in, in those types of driving conditions. So I immediately disengaged the autopilot system. Me personally, I, I would not uh, leverage uh, the autopilot functionality or the full self-driving functionality. Uh, it, it is uh, my personal view. Uh, that that I do not understand what the car perceives and and what sort of decisions it's making based on its perception of the environment. I must maintain that control over the vehicle. Uh, but that is my personal uh, position. Uh, but obviously, many other uh, uh, vehicle owners, uh, namely Tesla owners, may have different feelings about that. Uh, but again, to uh, to each his own in terms of uh, what that what that means uh, uh, for for uh, vehicle owners. Okay, so now let's move on to ADAS. So I'm, I'm sorry, ADS, uh, uh, Advanced or Autonomous Driving Systems. And again, this would uh, include level three through level five autonomy. So right now there is only one passenger vehicle manufacturer that is approved for level three autonomy. And that is Mercedes-Benz. They have the drive pilot system. And the drive pilot level three system allows the vehicle uh, to drive under uh, uh, normal operating circumstances without or with minimal intervention from the driver. Now, the vehicle must be traveling at a speed of 38 miles per hour or less in order for that functionality to work. Otherwise, the driver is required to, uh, to handle the vehicle. And so uh, that's Mercedes-Benz specific rules because uh, they have uh, put some very sort of rigid parameters around their vehicles while it is in the sort of testing phase. Uh, and their vehicles are enabled according to certain approved roads. Uh, so um, 
roads on the Autobahn in Germany and select roads in California uh, where level three autonomy is available to the driver. So that is a level three um, type of functionality and they are the only manufacturer, uh, passenger vehicle manufacturer who has that capability right now. And the, the thing to understand with that type of functionality uh, at the moment is it is still very much in development. Uh, Mercedes-Benz has even recently said that they will assume the liability of any crashes involving its vehicles uh, where the autonomy functionality was engaged. And so that is an example of Mercedes-Benz Level 3 um, ADS. So, so the key thing is, is for us to, or, or, or for the audience to ver be very clear on what sort of the parameters are around, uh, autonomous driving functions and advanced driver assistance systems. So I talked about cruise, uh, GM cruise and Waymo at level four. I don't need to go into any further, but there's been some crash data reported from NHTSA about Waymo and Waymo's had about 100 crashes involving its vehicles and uh, certainly it can reflect negatively on Waymo. Uh, Waymo has responded very quickly, not so fast. Uh, certainly we have several vehicles on the road so that there will be incidents. Uh, we are always uh, using that crash data to improve our service. And so uh, they take that very seriously. Uh, they have not uh, raised any objections to the NHTSA report. Um, but in, in, in an attempt to counter negative perceptions, they have gone on record to say, yes, it is helpful that this data has been published, but we use the data to improve our service. Now, does that make sort of the sort of general public, uh, pedestrians and other drivers feel good about the Waymo service? Uh, that's highly debatable. Uh, Waymo's actively testing in California and Arizona and also Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, and, uh, and certainly uh, there are scenarios where the, the vehicles uh, could improve on, uh, uh, on their functionality. Uh, and uh, how aware uh, is the general public aware of uh, the full extent of these autonomous driving uh, vehicles, robo-taxis, and so on? Or uh, what really requires an active sort of communication dialogue and transparency around what these vehicles do, uh, uh, potential safety issues, limitations, and so on. Uh, so that's where we are with level four, four autonomy with Waymo. So I'll speak briefly about level five. So uh, there's not a lot of uh, examples of level five autonomy. Uh, there is an autonomous driving company called Zoox, uh, Z-O-O-X. They are testing level five uh, autonomous driving in their vehicles. I am not aware of the use case right now. Uh, they've had a, a handful of crashes, I believe about 10 crashes involving their level five vehicles. Okay, so, so the point I wanna make about level five ADS uh, is that there are not many examples of level five ADS. The key thing is that it is AI driven and the AI component begins at level two, um, but is really evolved at level five where no human aid is needed or even necessary. And also, again, even driver controls are not necessary in level five autonomous vehicles. 
so across the industry, when it comes to autonomous driving, the thinking is that it is nearly impossible to achieve level five autonomous driving. Now, of course, you'll hear some people say nothing is impossible. Perhaps level five autonomy will be achieved in time. Even level four autonomy is debatable as to uh, how capable uh, that level of autonomy will be. So that's the key thing to understand about level five. Now, the thing that we haven't talked about, which is really out of the scope of this particular podcast, is should we be relying on the vehicles themselves and their technology, so cameras and LIDAR and radar, uh, to achieve uh, full autonomy? Or should there be infrastructure improvements uh, to help vehicles navigate safely? Uh, So everything from sensors uh, on traffic lights and in the road to communication systems uh, between uh, road infrastructure, other vehicles, uh, and the autonomous vehicles to help them navigate, and even things down to the smartphone, again, for uh, environmental awareness of these vehicles. So obviously, that's a, a, a huge complexity, huge investment required in order to do that, uh, and perhaps uh, a, a uh, quite a significant amount of time to implement. So this podcast, uh, there still remains many questions unresolved, but I think this is the starting point in terms of what I've covered today, ADS and ADAS, level one to level five autonomy. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Uh, what do you think about the uh, sort of ADAS capabilities and what they should be? What do you think of ADS? Uh, do you think that uh, autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles, is feasible, is realistic, or is it a situation where uh, this is, uh, what can I say, a, a fruitless pursuit, uh, meaning nothing will come of this? Uh, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I, I've certainly communicated a lot here. I'd like to hear what you think. So uh, once again, thanks for checking out this podcast. My name is Mark Weich. Uh, again, Follow us and like us on your favorite social media platform. And uh, don't uh, don't hesitate to leave feedback as well. Uh, thanks again for checking in. Really do appreciate the support and see you in the next one.